Hello and welcome to Euractiv's AgriFood podcast. I'm Gerardo Fortuna. And I'm Natasha Fett. And here's your weekly update on all things agriculture and food in the EU from Euractiv's AgriFood team. This week, the State of the Union speech, MEP's vote on restrictions for antibiotics, and the Parliament's controversial report on the farm-to-fork strategy. So this week, all eyes were on the European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen's State of the Union speech. So that is the annual speech which sets out the vision for what's in store for the bloc over the next year. And of course, health was up there as a key priority. So that's no surprise, given that we're still in the middle of recovering from a global pandemic. But there were also several announcements on digital policy. There were some strong statements on defence. But what about agriculture? Well, here's what the Commission President had to say about the agri-food sector. That's right, nothing. Nada zip, zilch, or as Gerardo has recently taught me, niente. How did I do, Gerardo? <laughs> quite well, quite well. Quite well, niente, niente. Considering, yeah, the one year of, uh, of uh, start, hey, one year, sorry, one day of study. Yeah, no, <laughs> one year. <laughs> one year of study doing <laughs> niente, niente, niente. Literally doing niente, apparently. So that's right. Um, So despite having a really strong focus on the environment, on climate change, on the digital transformation, agriculture did not merit one single mention. And of course, everyone thinks their sector is the most important. And, you know, I have to admit that obviously we have a passion for agri-food policy. So we might be slightly biased, but... It has to be said for a key sector with a lot to offer in terms of st- sustainability, for one which uh, it has a third of the EU budget tied up in its common agricultural policy. I would say it's safe to say that the absence is fairly notable. What do you think, Gerardo? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a quite quite a dense uh, year in terms of um, political announcement and uh, actually including the delivery of the common agricultural policy, which mm-hmm. is about to be finished, but still uh, the compromise uh, agreement has been uh, uh, reached uh, in summer. So, um, it, you know, I mean, the the point is that, uh, um, you know, the main message of the entire State of the Union was that the Europe is there to deliver. Mm. Uh, for instance, in the vaccine race, uh, in the Green Deal um, and and so on. So the fact that a procedure like the Common Agricultural Policy, as tricky, I would say, not as the vaccine race, but as tricky as the Green Deal, um, so perhaps, it, perhaps it, it is something they're not particularly, I wouldn't say proud of, but it's not something that they would put uh, in evidence. They draw attention to, mm. maybe. That's, that's the first thing that, uh, that it, uh, comes to my mind uh, if I have to judge from, mm. uh, from the absence of words, on uh, at least on the, the fact that they reached an agreement on the Common Agricultural Policy. It's true that it's, uh, you know, it, it's more about the vision, but again, this year was really about what has been uh, done Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and um, and also the entire speech has been strategically, let's say, tailored, um, composed by uh, von der Leyen speech writers. Uh, it was really a, a good example of uh, political communication, high level political, political communication, and it means that the communicators of the commission 
doesn't consider that much um, agriculture or the common agricultural policy as something, uh, you know, to be like... Uh, um, something of note something to talk yeah, about yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's also again, it's also true that normally the commission consider um, their own proposal uh, rather than the agreement of the lawmakers so in this mm-hmm. in the case of the commercial policy the proposal has been made it was made like in uh, uh, 2018 so um, but at the same time there was a mention of uh, common agricultural policy in the plenary debate uh, yeah. So uh, the debate after uh, the von der Leyen speech, and it was from, and it comes from, it came from uh, Philippe Lambert, who's the co-chair of the uh, Green Group, and he criticized the excessive focus on future generations for uh, fixing climate problems. He said that uh, we shouldn't be waiting until 2050 to deal with climate crisis, and that the ideal aspiration for any climate achievement should be instead uh, like the Olympic motto, uh, faster, higher, and stronger, which is not the much more popular song. It sounds like Daft Punk. Daft Punk. <laughs> Harder, better, faster. Uh, anyway, he, he mentioned that um, the recently revised EU farming subsidy framework, so the Common Agricultural Policy, um, was blind and deaf to social and climate uh, and biodiversity issues. So um, there was the only mention to something uh, vaguely agricultural. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, by the way, I, I'm sure Natasha wouldn't like what I'm about to say, but uh, what? because she shares my view, but she feels a bit embarrassed in saying this publicly. But I have no idea where you're going you with know, this. Maybe not much on video, but in the flesh, uh, Lambert, is almost identical to the chair of the agriculture committee, Norbert Linz. <laughs> so, uh, so, sometimes we are in the parliament and, and we see one of them and we wonder if it's Linz or, or Lambert. So That's quite a confession. That, that, just... that, that's why I wasn't that uh, surprised by this reference because I thought it was Norbert Linz. But then in the <laughs> end, I realized it was uh, Lambert. Wow. I just feel like our reputation is just plummeted <laughs> <laughs> with that confession. Anyway, moving moving swiftly on from that as quickly as I can. Um, just you know, I just thought I'd also mention this is actually not the first time that agri-food has slipped under the president's radar in her State of the Union speech because actually she came under fire as well last year for her in her maiden speech. Um, I think there was only one mention one passing mention of agriculture in the 90-minute speech. Um, And it drew a lot of criticism from farmers at the time, but it also drew a lot of criticism from Irish farmers who found her comments about Brexit chilling. Um, So, yeah, it's not the first time that um, that agriculture hasn't been mentioned in the speech. For von der Leyen. For von der Leyen, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is, you know, will it be third time lucky for next year? I don't know. So this week's focus is on a ruckus that we saw in the Parliament this week over the European Commission's new Delegated Act. And this act is designed to restrict the use of antibiotics in efforts to tackle the burgeoning issue of antimicrobial resistance, or AMR as it's known. 
And to explore the issue, we have with us a special guest. Very special guest. This very own health reporter, Gide. Uh, thank you for having me. Welcome to the podcast. So, uh, Gide, to kick us off, what exactly is AMR? Um, that's a good question. So, this is actually a key priority for the Commission. And AMR is the ability of microorganisms to resist antimicrobial treatments, especially antibiotics. This is also called as a silent pandemic, and it's responsible for an estimated 33,000 deaths per year in the EU. And it costs the bloc uh, around 1.5 billion per year in healthcare costs and productivity losses. So why this new act? Well, uh, here's what EU Health Commissioner Stella Kiriakides had to set on 9th of September when speaking to Agricultural Committee. Why do we need a, 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 this delegated act? Um, we ha- I have said it and I don't think it's uh, going to be useful if I repeat it, but antimicrobial resistance uh, is what we now call the silent pandemic. Um, and the new EU regulation uh, on veterinary medicinal products that will apply from January 2022 promotes the prudent and responsible use of antimicrobials in animals. Uh, and uh, one of the key measures is to ensure that we have reserve uh, key antimicrobials uh, for human medicine only, banning their use in veterinary medicine. Okay, so so far so good except that the new regulation did cause quite a lot of controversy this week, especially among the Greens, who warned that the criteria that were set out in the Act, the criteria for which the antibiotics should be, um, for which antibiotics should go on the reserve list, they were saying that it wasn't stringent enough. So maybe, Gidra, you could tell us a little bit more about this. Yeah, sure. So the three criteria set out are that the antimicrobials must be of high importance to human health, that there is a high risk of transmission of resistance, and finally, that they are not essential for animal health. For Green MEP Martin Hausling, the last criteria was far too wide open, so he ended up tabling a motion for the Commission's proposal uh, to be revised in such a way to prevent antibiotics from being used for the group treatment of animals. And this caused quite a ruckus, to quote Gerardo's favourite word again. Um, And it actually led to Commissioner Kiriakides pleading with MEPs to push the act through. I want to ask for your support on restricting certain antimicrobials for use in humans only. You will vote on a motion to reject our proposed delegated act in Strasbourg next week. This proposal is a major step for the EU. More than that, because it also applies to the imports of animal products, it will also show how the EU leads the way internationally in taking tangible and legally binding action while ensuring a level playing field for our producers. And it seems that her push uh, worked because lawmakers this week did indeed vote through the Delegated Act, uh, paving the way for the Commission to start working on an implementing act and draw up a list uh, identifying all the antibiotics that will be designed as reserve antibiotics. Uh, the fact that MEPs backed the Commission was welcomed not only by the EU Health Commissioner Stella Kiriakides, but also by stakeholders like the European Platform for the Responsible Use of Medicines in Animals. And here's what they had to say about the outcome of the vote. 
We are delighted with yesterday's vote by members of the European Parliament rejecting a motion for a resolution that would have prevented practising veterinarians like myself from being able to prescribe life-saving treatments for our patients. Yesterday's vote shows that the European Parliament supports the EU's One Health approach to addressing the challenge of antimicrobial resistance. MEPs show that they understand that in order to protect public health, food safety and food security, founding principles of the EU, we must protect animal health and welfare. Furthermore, they acknowledge that the European Medicines Agency has, on scientific rather than political grounds, struck a fine balance between protecting human health, animal health and the environment by defining the circumstances under which certain critically important antibiotics may be used in our companion animals and livestock. As a practicing veterinarian, I'm delighted and relieved that I can continue to prudently prescribe antibiotics that literally make the difference between my patients living and dying. All of us in Ipiruma use these precious drugs according to the principle, as little as possible, as much as necessary. And that was uh, Steve Allahan, uh, who's the chair of the uh, European Platform for the Responsible Use of Medicine in, a- in Animals. But others were less happy uh, at the outcome. Uh, here's what Otmar uh, Kloiber, the Secretary General of the World Medical Associations, had to say. We physicians are not against the use of the so-called reserve antibiotics in veterinary medicine. What we are concerned about is that those medicines are being used to enable the dirty farming, the mass breeding of animals, to hold animals in very, very small spaces. Holding animals in such small spaces always produces a high number of sick animals and always requires a lot of medicines, especially antibiotics. And we think that is wrong. What we think is that this should be prohibited and medicines should not be used for such purposes. Then we would all be on the safe side. We could use the medicines for human use. We could use them for veterinary use and there would be no criticism at all. However, the decision by the European Parliament has missed the chance to send this signal very clearly to the European Commission. So another controversial event that we've seen in the last week was um, happened in the Parliament. So lawmakers in the European Parliament Agriculture and Environment Committees um, basically staked their preliminary position on the EU's green farming ambitions. So they voted in favour of a draft report on the EU's flagship food policy, the Farm to Fork Strategy, this week. So this report, which was passed at the end of last week, basically it details their kind of their official reaction to this food policy. Um, which the two committees share competence on. So to be clear, the draft report, you know, doesn't have any power to alter the strategy, but it does just outline their position on the matter. So it is also, uh, it's also an important, it's an important point. Um, And it will be voted on uh, once and for all in the October plenary session. But this managed to ruffle more than a few feathers, considering the report included a number of pretty controversial amendments. So These included things like a call for a binding nature of uh, reduction targets for pesticides, nutrient losses and fertilizers. There was another controversial amendment which called for setting maximum levels of sugar, fats and salt in certain processed foods. 
while another one proposed uh, a sustainable food tax and that, that would offer some kind of flexible VAT rates to member states, depending on the healthiness or the environmental footprint of the foodstuff. So healthier foods having maybe a zero VAT, things like fruit and vegetables and other things um, having, having a, a hike in VAT rates. And that would include things like meat which was also targeted actually by a number of other amendments, including one calling for more stringent labelling of processed meats um, and another which would see kind of more strict labelling rules to do with putting animal welfare indicators on labels, including place of birth, uh, method of production, things like that. And there was also uh, another amendment calling for stronger support um, for the production and market uptake of plant-based proteins. So you can imagine that the report received somewhat mixed reaction it's safe to say and we had in one corner the farming associations of all shapes and sizes criticizing the report while environmentalists welcomed it as a step in the right direction so the report now has to be formally voted in the october plenary session uh, which is likely to be in early october and we can be sure that this won't be the last that we've heard of this And something else also uh, happened um, this week in the in the plenary week in Strasbourg, uh, because uh, MEPs have requested in a resolution an EU-wide action plan for phasing out the use of animals in research and testing. Again, it, this is a resolution. Uh, it's it's a parliament initiative. Uh, let's recall to our listeners that the European Parliament doesn't have the legislative initiative, so it's a competence of the European Commission, which is the real executive in the EU. Uh, but of course, the Commission takes note of the suggestion coming from the uh, hemicycle, and of course, uh, the Parliament resolution will contribute to the debate about alternatives to uh, animal uh, testing. So, um actually um this is a policy um in that actually the a policy for the protection of animal animals uh, used for scientific purposes was uh, put forward 10 years ago now and however uh animals are still required to be used uh systematically for testing chemicals and in clinical trials in uh, in 2017 over uh, 2,030 uh, hundred animal tests were carried out in the EU to satisfy requirements under the regulation for evaluating and authorizing chemicals. And, uh, and uh, that's because, of course, the EU legislation has not excluded testing, testing on animals as a last uh, resort. So the, the parliament uh, recognized that previous animal testing has contributed to research and medical advances like in the, in the COVID-19 uh, vaccines. And, um, and, uh, and they also underlined that this testing um, must only take place where conditions are optimized uh, to minimize pain, distress, and suffering, and, and, and again, protecting the welfare of the animal uh, concerned. This week, the AgriFood podcast is produced by Euractiv's AgriFood team, Gerardo Fortuna and Natasha Foot, with the technical support of Evi Chiori and Malte Kettelsen. This podcast is also available on all major streaming platforms, including Apple, Amazon, Stitcher and Spotify. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter so that you don't miss the latest news from the EU. I'm Natasha Foot. Thanks so much for listening and see you next week. <laughs>